Hey everyone, welcome to episode eight of the Meet Business Women Masterclass podcast. We celebrated International Women's Day by hosting two online panels, one in Australia and New Zealand and the other in the UK and Ireland. So episodes eight and nine of our podcast are dedicated to these panels. The online panel sessions were a chance to hear from women with either different cultural backgrounds, varying job roles and seniorities to discover how we can embrace our differences to empower ourselves and our career. We asked three brilliant women working in Australia and New Zealand's meat sectors to come together to give us their views on creating safe spaces where women can thrive, working in male-dominated industries and creating an inclusive work culture along with some brilliant advice to hopefully help you feel inspired this International Women's Day. So on to our panellists. Selma Karapiva is CEO of the Meat Industry Association of New Zealand. Alia Errington leads the barbecue and value-added categories at leading retailer Coles, whilst Rage Enriquez is a finance manager for processing giant JBS. The panel was hosted by gender equality, diversity and inclusion consultant Michelle Redfern. It was originally delivered on Zoom, so if you'd like to watch it back at any time, just log on to your members portal. My name's Michelle Redfern and I'm uh, delighted to be facilitating this discussion today. Uh, before we start, I want to say Womanjeka, which is hello and welcome uh, in the language of the people whose land I'm on today, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation here in Nam. And today, from the heart, I acknowledge that country that I stand on and I acknowledge the first peoples um, of this country and thank them for their custodianship of this fine continent for over 65,000 years. International Women's Day is a day that provides society an opportunity to celebrate the accomplishments of women um, and to, to also work out just how far we've got to go to achieve gender equality. So on this particular day, I want to particularly honour and celebrate Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander women and First Nations women, Maori women, uh, for those of you who join us from, from New Zealand. And I thank those First Nations women who have contributed so much to Australia uh, and New Zealand. And I do want to call out today um, and, and a call to action for all of you right now is to understand the barriers that uh, First Nations women have to navigate that perhaps someone that looks like me doesn't have to. Today, we're coming together to celebrate all women and discover how to embrace differences. And one of the, one of the uh, fantastic things about today is that I get to ask lots of questions. And because I'm a very natural sticky beak or nosy parker, uh, I, well, I get my curiosity satisfied. And so as part of that today, I, well, I would normally, you would normally hear the moderator introduce the, the fabulous guests uh, that, that are uh, coming, uh, coming to you. But today I'm going to get them to do that themselves because I'm a little bit sneaky that way. Folks, before I do that, I want to encourage you to post uh, any of your questions in the chat. We will hopefully have time for a little bit of Q&A at the end. But if we don't, um, we've also got to receive some of your, your questions. But if we don't, uh, we'll do our best to, to talk to our fabulous panellists after this um, and get them to respond to your, to your questions. So 
Without further ado, it's my, my great pleasure to introduce Therma, Rave and Elliot. So Therma from, from Carapiva from the Meat Industry Association of New Zealand, Rage Enriquez from JBS Southern and Elliot Errington from the Coles Group. Welcome to the three, to the three of you amazing women uh, to the call. Um, I'd love to kick off. So, uh, Elliot, let's go to you first. I'm using a very technical ABC for the first name. So, Elliot, let's go to you first. And why don't you tell us who you are? Uh, just imagine, as we discussed in, in our pre-briefing, just imagine we're sitting somewhere beautiful and sunny. And, and here's a little hint about um, Elliot's background. We might be sipping a beautiful glass of Provence Rosé. Over to you. What would you say about yourself? Uh, thank you so much. Um, good morning, all. Hopefully you can understand the accent. As Michelle said, I was born in France, but I've been working in Australia for the last 10 years. So my name is Elliot Errington, and I'm a senior buyer or category manager here at Coles in the meat um, department. I'm lucky to look after the barbecue area, so all things, sausages, burgers, meatballs, um, kebabs that you can throw on the barbie. Um, and I've been doing so for the last three years. In my um, sort of at-home life, I have got two little boys, Hugo, who's seven, and Noah, who's three, going on one. I think he refuses to grow up. So that's a little challenge for sleep and other things. Um, and then I am married to a lovely man called um, Simon, who can sometimes be a little bit distracted and also add to the workload. Um, but I, I think I feel quite lucky, you know, I moved from France 10 years ago, like, as I said, I used to live in England and I think that Melbourne, uh, where I'm based, it's a lovely, lovely city to be in. And thank you so much for having me here today. Fantastic. And I'm, I'm looking forward to deepening the conversation, um, around your background and, and how you've come to be where you are today. Rage, over to you. Tell us about you. Um, yeah. Hi, everyone. Good morning to all the listeners and uh, viewers. Um, I'm imagining I have some champagne glass on my hands at the moment. Basically, um, I'm Rage Enriquez and I was born and raised in the southern east coast of the Philippines. So my role currently is a finance manager for finance for financial planning and reporting here in JBS. But before all of these uh, happened, I finished my bachelor's degree in the Philippines, in the city. And I both um, have a qualification of CPA, both in Philippines and here as a certified practicing accountant. And I have been moving a lot in my career. So I've moved to Dubai. I've worked in Dubai for five years, the same kind of management accountant, working with multinational companies. And I've joined JBS seven years ago as assistant accountant. So I've moved a bit of role, like this is my fourth role here in JBS for the last seven years, quite a diverse role. And I'm leading currently a five diverse women when it comes to age and origin. And um, basically I am finding opportunities. I feel the passion of, you know, um, I'm passionate about developing my young team and finding opportunities for them to learn and professionally within JBS. So I'm married. I've got a 10-year-old girl um, outside outside work. I'm a tennis mom who's always on the court supporting my little girl who wants to be a pro someday or wants to just loves tennis. So, yeah, that's me. 
good to have you here. And now over to Surma, around the, the group we go, around the circle. Yeah. Let's, let's hear about you. Oh, wow, wow. Thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me uh, to be part of this panel. Um, and thank you to all our listeners for taking the time to join us at such an important event to celebrate um, success and diversity and to hopefully, um, you know, help each other to to um, progress and and, uh, and do better uh, across the board. I'm uh, very fortunate uh, to be sitting on this panel with these um, lovely ladies who I've just met today, but I do have one thing in common with them. I too am not a New Zealander. I was born in Bulgaria and lived overseas, uh, particularly in Africa for most of my life. And I moved to New Zealand for um, university and, you know, as they say, the rest is history. I fell in love with the country, fell in love with the um, true blue Kiwi bloke. <laughs> and here I am now, um, 25 years after the fact, um, uh, having made New Zealand my, my home. So um, I'm an immigrant um, and, um, you know, it is what it is, um, particularly in a, in a young country like, like New Zealand. Um, in terms of uh, in terms of my background, I'm currently the the chief executive for the Meat Industry Association. Um, the association is a representative trade body, and we represent all our meat processors and exporters. Um, our membership makes up about 99.9 percent of all domestic uh, processing and exporting interests. So we are very representative. It is predominantly a male industry, which is you know comes with its own challenges, but um, I've been very fortunate to have been given the opportunity to step into this role. Um, I've been in this role now for about two years. Um, uh, for my sins, I joined right on the beginning of COVID in New Zealand. So I joined in April and we, early April, and we went into lockdown at the end of March. So, you know, it's been, <laughs> you know, a lot of uh, baptism by fire, but hey, you know, adversity, uh, builds stamina, challenge and character. Um, I have a background in international trade. Uh, before joining the Meat Industry Association, I worked for the government uh, for a number of years in um, a range of uh, different roles, uh, but most recently uh, heavily involved in trade negotiations for New Zealand's free trade agreements, um, and that's really where my passion, um, passion and interests lie. Um, I'm married, as I as I said, and I've got a nine-year-old um, bright little spark of a of a daughter who is going to give me a hell of a run around when she becomes 19. I am sure, but you know they say <laughs> the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, so that's my burden to bear. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, Emma. Well, it's actually it, it's terrific to have you all here, and you know we are talking about embracing differences and. And Rage talked about the, the D word, which is, you know, part of my DNA, which is diversity. And, you know, diversity is one thing. Inclusion, um, belonging um, and equity are, are the others that enable it. But, you know, we've got a really diverse bunch of women on the call. I mean, people on the call in totally, but but our, our panellists are, are very diverse, different parts of the industry, uh, different backgrounds. All of you have had uh, lived in different countries or, or are not living in the country of your birth. So, you know, diversity comes in all shapes and sizes. There's there's our gender, there's our, our cultural identity, there's our ability or, or disability, there's our sexual identity, 
There's our age. Um, and of course, it then becomes layers and layers and layers. So one of the, one of the things today is to hear about diversity and hear about how we can embrace that diversity because our differences is actually what makes, well, it's what makes, it will make this industry stronger and will make it flourish. And in the first part um, of our, I guess, our discussion, I want to, I want to honour that diversity. I want to honour um, each of your very, very diverse backgrounds, um, both career um, and culturally, and say, you know, what, what is the, your own call to action for everyone on the call to pay attention? How do we pay attention to the potential of others who are different from us? Therma, I'm going to go to you first. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a really big question. You know, how do you how do you identify? Yeah, how do you identify potential and and others and um and work with that? Uh, I think in the last couple of years, I've been really fortunate to have the opportunity to set up my stand up my own team here within the Meat Industry Association, and and that has been really exciting because I um, have managed to find people that are um, very suitable to the roles that I needed to fill. And what I looked for in there is not so much ticking the boxes, um, but I really focused on what is it that we're trying to do, what is the skill set that we need to do that, and then work back from from that so I've got a very um, small but you know well-formed group of people there's about 10 of us and I have to say that the split is roughly 50 50 uh, men and women but in having said that um, they all bring their own unique way of looking at at issues and and that uniqueness uh, brings brings the jigsaw puzzle of a team together so we've got um, younger people, older people, single, married, um, very analytical, very policy-minded individuals, um, you know, and the, 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 I guess the coordinating skill set is that they all have passion for what they, what they do and they are all um, great communicators. So even though they might, might be looking at an issue from a slightly different perspective, it's their ability to actually discuss that in a safe space, in an environment which I feel that I've created for the team to be safe to express differences and to be safe to put forward um, ideas without worrying that, you know, somebody might say, oh, you you have no idea what you're talking about or whatever. So um, I think that is one of the things that enables us to look at, to extract the maximum from, from individuals, you know, give them the opportunity to be themselves, a safe space, um, enable them to um, to express themselves and to back their own ideas. Um, and that's mm. something that I think is really important um, generally for, for everyone, but in particular for women that are, you know, I've read a lot about this imposter syndrome uh, stuff and I get it, you know, we always feel like mm, we're not quite quite there. But in reality, um, if any of you have ever read a job description, you think, oh, um, you know, there's five points here that I'm not sure that I hit. Your male counterpart will read it and say, well, there's one point here that I'll hit and I'll go for it. 
Yeah, and so, so I'll, I'll have a, I'll have a crack. Yeah, I'll have a crack exactly. And so the thing is, you know, don't let. I think for me is back yourself, um, and have the conviction, um, strength of your own convictions, and don't let perfect be the enemy of of the of the good. So. Just, I think that's that's great advice, right, and I know, yeah, that, that's all. And there's really. two, there's two, there's two, there's two sides there as well, folks. Because what I heard from Surma is that as a as a leader and as a hiring manager, and particularly with standing up a new team, as you said, you were really deliberate in seeking out those differences. It is easy to recruit in one's image, and certainly in terms of you know, if I think about the career advice I've had over the course of my very long career, what an early piece was Michelle, don't recruit a whole bunch of people like you. I mean, it would be nuts anyway because I'd drive myself nuts if I was surrounded by me all day. But um, but you know that that real, I think that first call to action, Summer, when you're recruiting, look for differences because then the next call to action, create the safe space so we can harness the power of diversity, the power of different thinking and different backgrounds. Um, And then the third one was, if you do feel that you're a bit different, and let's face it, we are all different because we're all unique, back yourself and find a leader like Surma to go and work for because she's going to really help you bring that to the fore. Thanks, Surma. Um, Rage, what about you? How, How have... How have you, uh, um, I guess, looked out for difference, whether it's in people, in jobs, or or have you been the recipient of that? What, how's that worked for you? Um, in my case, so, like, we know that the market has been really hard for the last three years. Like, finding people is really hard. So, recruitment was hard to find people, but... Um, in my case, we always look at the attitude. Could be like, um, of course, there'll be some. Someone must be might be different, but having showing that right attitude, the can-do attitude, we're always like ready to train. Like training could be provided, skills could be like, um, yeah. could be learned a, a, a long run, but you know, having that right attitude, the right mindset and having to have that, you know, a willing to, willingness to learn is something that we look at. So, yeah, the providing that right training as well is something that makes mm. our recruitment really, you know, successful. I, I really love that because one of the, the sayings that, that, you know, I've, I've heard and used time and time again is that, that you recruit for will you train for skill and sometimes when we look for um you know those uh, differences and we're, we're being really deliberate like like as Surma both you and Surma have pointed out you know the person may not yet um have that that track record but if they show that real appetite and and willingness well, we can train them um on the skill set so which is which is fantastic so again a great call to action from from you Rage Elliot, what about you? What's your what's your advice about looking out for differences and you know harnessing that? Yeah, thank you. I think um, I agree with Sarah. It is a really big question, and 
it made me realize that before receiving this lovely invite of being here today, I had been really busy just sort of focusing on, you know, just work, 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 career, career, life, 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 kids, and then didn't really stop to think about it. My background is actually not in meat, it's in beauty, and um, a big change a few years ago. Same as Emma, just before COVID, decided to, you know, um, throw everything to um, to the wind and just join the meat industry. But... Um, I think just something that you you guys said, um, I started my career in England, actually, in the north of England, in a actually quite a male-dominated retailer, just for some reason. Um, and I remember a few people um, just sort of like coming to my desk just to see the French person. And, you know, I didn't really know what to make with this. And I guess I was the diversity there um, and sort of, you know, just brought something a little bit different. I think for me, really, I just got thinking as we were chatting is our in sort of like in calls here in, in the meet team, we've actually got um, quite a, a diverse team. And I think our senior leadership team are very conscious of it and it is something that calls feels passionate about which is why you know I'm here today but um, I never really feel like it is something that I've got to push really hard my team is sort of like equally you know a bit, a bit like summer sort of like 50 50 um, gender we've got different ages I do forget sometimes that I am in my 40s and you know I get a little um, hit of reality here um, so we've got you know we've got all all ages just got a new team member who is you know younger lovely and I'm like oh yeah that's why I'm 40 um, but I always feel, I always feel really supportive and that we've got discussions as equal I think I think maybe yourself as Emma mentioned that we we have got a passion to sort of do our job well and we really care for our customers and the industry. And I think, you know, I think what we all have in common is that we really like what we do. And therefore, you know, it's all sort of like clicks and gel really well. Um, you know, I've, again, I've done a bit of thinking before all this and I was like, oh, I feel quite happy and satisfied at the minute. And I think this industry has got a lot um, of weight into how I feel at the minute. So it almost is something that is part of every day that we don't really even think about. Um, so, yeah. I think that's, you know, for, for me, hearing um, someone like you, Elliot, who is from a, a, a different culture from me. So you're, you're, you're from France, you England, now Australia, um, you know, to hear that I don't even think about it and I don't even notice it is, you know, music to my ears and it must be for your organisation as well because this is what we want is to have, you know, everything, diversity, equity and inclusion, different, embrace and not sort of, you know, it just spreads its way all the way through the organisation. And one thing I really want to call out there for, for everyone on the call is, you know, that passion again. Rage talked about the passion, that will. Um, and you've talked about the fact that you've got this great team with a whole bunch of different differences, including age. And don't worry, I, I sometimes I come up with people, I think, oh, you're younger than one of my children. Now I feel very old because I forget. I'm in my 50s. But anyway, but you said that passion for the customer. And this is when you have, when you have great people working together from different backgrounds who all who all who all have that will um, and passion for the customer, you know, this is when we get the great business outcomes. So, you know, for the business leaders on the call, I know I don't need to say this, but 
diversity and embracing diversity, embracing differences and creating those safe spaces, as Serna said, um, and everyone feeling like they're going to get the training um, and the enabling activities, as Raish said, creates an environment that you're now the recipient of, Elliot, which says, I don't even notice my difference, but I know that I'm surrounded by a bunch of people and we've all got this shared mission. So what, what, a, what a great way to kick off and so many calls to action um, from there already or things for people to, to take notice of. I want to flip around a little bit now and as I woke up, very early this morning. Um, I always think about uh, International Women's Day, about the women who have made me, the women who have shaped me and the women who have smoothed the pathway for me. Uh, because So I, a beautiful saying is I stand on the shoulders of giants and those giants have been activating and agitating and advocating for women for, for a long, long time. Some of the women are really close to me and I always think about my beautiful Nana, who's, who's now not with us anymore, but such a strong role model, my mum and her two sisters, my two sisters, my stepsister, my wife and my daughter and nieces. And I think these people are the ones who have shaped me and we don't, most people wouldn't know who my family are and we, you know, so on and so forth. Each of you must have role models and the people or the women that have inspired you, the women that have given you, as, you know, Surma said, that when you feel a little bit of that imposter syndrome coming on, the other ones have given you the gentle or not so gentle, shove, come on, girl, you've got it, go for it. So who are those women in your career that have given you a helping hand? And I guess what made them different and, and what did you learn from them? Elliot, I'm going to keep going with you and I'll circle back round to the uh, to, to Rage and Serna. You're on mute, my love. Pardon me, not that I want to sort of harp on about age, but um, as you get a bit of a career, you kind of like can really think about those times where, you know, you did great or you didn't do so great and then potentially who was there around you. And I think... For me, I had been working already for quite some time and then I, again, that was in England and I, um, my retailer just had a bit of a shake-up. We had quite a few new intakes and, and I had a new manager and uh, she was the first woman really who I saw, you know, holding a lot. Um, you know, she was in charge of a team of 10. There was a lot of us. Again, it was in beauty, actually quite gender biased in, in you know, the other way. We were all women mm -hmm. uh, with everything that brings. And I was in awe of how she could sort of one minute, you know, just um, really actually have conversation with us and, and train us and, and guide us throughout our job. And then the next sort of like, you know, present in front of our suppliers or, or talk to our managing director. And that was quite inspiring. And I think if I think back, there's always been sort of like that, you know, we need these inspiring figures. Um, I've got a quite a big family and I've got great, you know, great aunties. My mum, obviously, is a great role model you know she's um she's quite present actually in my kids life at the minute they're visiting from France and I can see my little boys sort of changing just because she's here you know she's there giving them French lesson and that's beautiful you know she's in the 70s but I remember I started my career with a friend of mine and we were both sort of like at the bottom of the ladder sort of like learning our jobs you know being trainee and she recently um was invited in London on the TED stage to do a TED talk and I can't believe I know this girl and she's one of my best friends you know and it's sort of like the everyday heroes that you can 
sort of look up to. Um, and I think I am not a person that has got loads and loads of friends, but the ones that I do, definitely my hubby says, you know, can't you just live without your girlfriends? And actually I can't. And they're all very much, you know, inspiring in different things. Um, I've got the super mom that I sort of like look up to was like, but don't worry, you know, your kids will be fine if you love them. And then I've got, you know, the the powerhouse that just went and delivered a talk actually about, you know, self-confidence and that everybody can do it. And and that's just amazing, really. Um, But I do remember starting with that, like this manager that I got that, you know, was a woman and was just so inspiring that's sort of where we all clicked for me, really. I uh, and, and let's not underestimate how we're being role models for others. We, and that woman may not have been aware that she was that inspiration or that role model to you. She was just, you know, cracking on and, and getting on with it. But So for all of us, you know, leadership casts a very long shadow. So you never know who you're inspiring right now. So thank, thanks, Elliot. I find it actually this one thing, you know, that I sort of took out of this as I did my little deep dive is that I made a note to myself to perhaps give more compliments to people. We clearly find it really hard to sort of say, actually, that was really great and it, it cost nothing. And, yeah. and uh, I don't know why we sort of keep it quiet because um, I think it would really help build self-confidence and sort of personal growth, really. So you can hold me. I, I agree. Okay, there you go. And I know I know there's a lot of your team on the call today. So there you go, folks. You've heard it. You can hold Elliot accountable for giving more compliments. Hey Rage, what about you? Who's who's that woman that you think about when you say who do you want to celebrate today? Um, who's helped you in your career? Who is she and, and what what stood out for you about her? Yeah, so I think I really don't have to go very far to find an inspiring woman in my life who helped me to be what I am today. And I'll say it's my mom. So um, she is an epitome of a strong woman, someone who never gives up against any hardship sickness that we went through in my younger life. Like she drove success in our family coming from scratch. So while I was studying here, like I was I was like, this is a part of the career, right? Journey that I had. So I had... Um, I was working full time. I just had a new baby, like a newborn baby. And also I have to study and do my qualification and things like that. And it is very hard, like having that kind. And she was out there like giving up her uh, comfort zone just to help me out. And she is just amazing in the sense that if I look back, how how hard will I tell you, I mean, my younger life wasn't that easy like it was hard coming from a third world background country and you know like you need to do work hard to be able to get you know to achieve what you want so I was able to get through to my qualification with her help with her encouraging words and she's just amazing and she never give up and nothing is impossible for her so those qualities I think I was able to get at the moment like if you tell me it can't be done I would just not say okay it can't be done I really have to see it myself and see it in my eyes that it can't be done it's not that I don't trust other people but you know sometimes I feel like something could be done just looking looking back in my life before I say that how how did we pull that off it's pretty amazing I love that and um, you know that's a a perfect analogy of you know standing on the shoulders of giants and your mum really saying well okay this is yes yes there's a bub but you've got a career and you've got study which is going to provide 
for your family and, you know, and, and your own sense of fulfilment for, for life. So she was a real enabler around that. But I love the fact that you've also drawn on those attributes which make you stand out in business, which is that perseverance and resilience, but the determination. Yeah, there must be a way here. There must be a way. So, I, you know, let, let's make sure that the mums who have enabled us to be, yeah, the women who are soaring today, uh, let's let's make sure we thank them as well. I know I certainly will thank my mum because, yeah, she's been pretty nifty as well. So I'd love to meet your mum. She sounds awesome. What about you, Serma? Who's who's that woman that you think of who's really shaped or had a hand in your career, whether it's someone directly or the person who's inspired you? Who comes to mind for you? Yeah, well, you know, for me, it's it's a little bit difficult to pinpoint one particular person of course you know family plays a huge role in your upbringing and and shaping you as a as a person um and like um like you Michelle I come from a a long line of very strong women that are um you know they have achieved on their own terms you know whatever they've set out to achieve so I think that that gave me a good um head start in a way um but also my circle of friends um I've been very fortunate to to have a small but very um, close circle circle of friends that I really trust, and they are all um, excellent women. Um, and they, you know, like everyone, like every person, they have their ups and downs and they struggle, but they're vulnerable and they share that, and that really does, um, or it has helped me and it continues to help me to be vulnerable um, and be authentic with my with myself. Um, and of course, you know the the people in my team at the moment. Um, I really cannot um, do what I do without them. And you know, this notion of standing on the on the shoulders of giants invokes, you know, these amazing, incredible, high flying women. But we mustn't forget that there is a whole bunch of people around us that help us um, to be to be better selves of. of better versions of ourselves, shall I say. And I think about, I'm thinking about a situation at the end of last year. The second half of last year was really um, quite hard for me. There was a lot of stuff going on, both professionally and personally, and it was getting me down. And um, I came into the office uh, one morning and a colleague looked at me and she said, are you okay? And I, you know, I had to... um, to answer honestly and she just spurted me away into a coffee shop and gave me a safe space to kind of say no I'm not actually I'm struggling and you know she is one of my staff members but I deeply um, value what she did for me because she gave me the permission to be authentic and to say you know I am having a hard time and that Mm. has and I think things like that have taught me how to be genuine and open and generous with others um, in my team, in my life, in my circle of, of friends, uh, and it's and it's hugely valuable. But the other thing that I think about is not so much the positive but the negative. So we often talk about these amazing women, our friends, colleagues, whatever, that have helped shape our careers. We don't often talk about those that have not been helpful but have taught us a lesson. And when I think about that, I think about 
a couple of women in particular that have not been generous with their time and that actually have been um, quite, uh, what's the right word, um, unsupportive and have caused caused me personally quite a lot of grief and, and their attitude. But that taught me about resilience and it taught me about keeping the eye on the prize and looking for others that might be able to help. So finding coalitions of, of friends and working around. Mm-hmm. And I think what you know, what often happens with with some people, they get to a certain stage and they've fought so very hard to get to that level that they're not really all that generous with their time to help um, colleagues or younger women to move up as well because they feel threatened. And there's no need because, you know, we are all different and we are all um, bring a different perspective for the betterment of the organisation, the business, whatever it is that we do. So, yeah, I would encourage people to also look back at some of the setbacks that they might have had, be it because of female managers or male managers or whoever, it doesn't really matter, and look at what learnings um, they can take from, from those setbacks and how they can build their own inner resilience to be able to deal with that in the future because it's, you know, it's not all plain sailing for sure. And we need to I have agree. that inner strength to mm-hmm. um, to keep going. And I think the inner strength comes from a couple of things that you've talked about, which is, you know, that coalition of friends or the, the cheer squad that you have or your personal board of advisors. You know, no woman is an island. Um, and being able to have that trusted group of people that you can be vulnerable with. Um, and it might be people in your team. It might be your, your social circle, whatever it may be. But I think that's great advice. Vulnerability is a leadership game changer. But as you've so rightly said a couple of times, Surma, as leaders, we have to create the safe spaces so people can be vulnerable and we can work out what's going on for them. The other piece that I want to call out there, two things actually, um, you know, women are held to a higher standard. Than, than our male counterparts. We're expected to be loving and nurturing and generous and caring and compassionate. And I think all humans should be that anyway. Um, however, there are some women, as you rightly pointed out, that have had to work really hard, particularly in male-dominated industries, uh, to get to the top. And they may feel like, well, I had to do it tough. you got to do it tough too. I don't think that that is absolutely not the right mindset. I acknowledge it. It's a tough one. But let's let's say, as you've rightly said, Firma, what can I learn from that person? You know, one of one of my great mentors, a male mentor, has, was a boss of mine three times, once said to me, Michelle, if you're in pain, you must be learning. And I went, oh, I'd like to do some learning without pain occasionally. But we do learn from awful leaders. We do learn from awful circumstances. And I think that ability to stop and reflect, what do I learn from this? And some of it might be, I don't want to be like that. I want to be that. I want to be that. Sh- the shoulders that the that you know the next the next group of women can stand on. So great advice there. I want to move into uh, the business side now because we've talked about your own who you are and and the the, the women 
who have inspired you and how you look for differences in your teams. And I want to come back to the importance of that for every single one of our businesses because we know and re- and research tells us that you have that diverse uh, organisations with diverse leadership, diverse teams, uh, they will outperform organisations that do not. And we particularly want to focus on, on leadership. So, And diversity, as I said earlier, that comes in terms of our, our, our lived experience, um, our age, our gender, our religion, our culture, our sexual identity and our ability. And it's you know, that, those teams of diverse people who are in a safe space and feel that they can add, you know, always speak up, challenge the status quo, give new ideas, that's the key for high-performing, sustainable business. However, we still see, so, you know, we're, we're getting into the calling out the elephant in the room here, but we still see leadership as a largely homogenous group. And, you know, and I'm talking beyond the meat industry. So, you know, this is my work every day. I And, of course, for International Women's Day slash month, I've been doing updating all of my research. And we still see, you know, less than 5% of women globally are CEOs. And... We just don't see women, also women from underrepresented and marginalised groups, elevated into those important decision-making and leadership positions. So those women, and we know that women who are women of colour, women who are disabled, uh, women from the LGBTIQ community, um, older women, um, or women who are all of those and have intersecting parts of their identity, still encounter a lot of barriers to inclusion and advancement. So from from each of your perspectives, what can we do? What can everyone on this call do today to pay attention to the fact that we we absolutely must look out for more diverse or women from more diverse communities, underrepresented communities, because it's good for business. Thurma, I'm gonna I'm gonna say with you, what what can we do there? And and I guess the other side of it is what can we do or what have you done and what are the success stories there that we can learn from? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I can I can speak um, definitively to what I've done specifically to seek out people from diverse backgrounds. Uh, I think for me it comes back down to the fit and as long as the person has the right attitude and the right skill set, um, that to me is much more important, and that might might not be a very politically correct view. And um, and given the conversation that we we we're having, but I, I don't particularly go out at, with the mindset of oh, I must have a diverse person or whatever. Um, and recently, I was sitting around the board table at another organisation that I um, that I sit on and. One of the board members stepped down and um, the executive director of that organisation said, right, okay, now we need um, we need to fill this role with a young female, um, whatever. He listed out a whole lot of criteria. And I said, hang on a moment. That's great. And I've got no issues with that. But is that just a tick box exercise to make the board look more representative? Or are you actually looking for the right skill that is missing around the board to make the organisation more effective? And I don't think I was very popular because I should be advocating for that. But I was like, well, 
you know, it would it would be great if you actively seek out people, but they also have to have the right fit. Otherwise, you're not supporting. Um, and I think the, the build the build on that for me is is looking at the whole pipeline, the talent pipeline, and saying you know we need to start from the start and 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 all the way through start seeking out people with um, you know diversity in their lived experience and start bringing them forward and removing the barriers for those underrepresented people to be successful. I agree we don't want tick the box exercises in any part of the organisation, but we I think we also do need to acknowledge that there are barriers for a lot of women, uh, particularly women from those underrepresented groups that I talked about, um, to, to advance into organisations. Rage, what about you? Have you, um, what, I guess, what have you seen, um, experienced, um, or I guess been the, the beneficiary of when, when women from diverse communities have been overtly uh, recruited or, or um, included? Um. Yeah, so I think I would rather think of myself as a success story, right? So um, a little girl raised in a tiny, you know, uh, town in the Philippines who dreamt of, you know, doing well when she grows up. And now I'm living my dream. Like, I'm living my dream now, to be honest. I'm happy and contented with what I have. And being here and given the opportunity to lead in a male-dominated industry and giving, I was given all the opportunities for trainings and things like that having this chance to lead five diverse women as well is something that I'm very fortunate very thankful and blessed and, and I just wish that every girl or woman out there having kind the same dream as I have would also be given such opportunity and one thing as well that I this is also my like my first experience I had experienced this is quite real experience for me like when I when I get here in, in Australia right I was in Dubai already working five years when I get here, I was in a tiny little town in South Australia, and I was really struggling with accents and words. So despite of it, I got the job, and I was very thankful for it. Then I had, you know, like my, my workmate, well, workmates there, my colleagues are so nice, teaching me slang words, how to say things properly, so I don't have to keep repeating myself all the time when I talk to people, you know, like when you're first you got here. And, you know, like I feel so included, though, if you look at the crowd, if you look at the, the population, there i think we are the only people who get like black hair so pretty much we're different we felt the difference but we never felt that we, you know that we are different so simple things we could do especially um for migrants who are adjusting to the new culture environment that to give them a chance like even if they are competent enough to do the job if they're qualified you have the right experience even if their accents are probably a bit different or sometimes hard to understand a little bit give them a chance as i know it gets better and better every day like right now with me i'm more confident to talk now but you look at 10 years ago i would never say a word because i'm not confident at all so you know just little things uh I love that. And, and, you know, inclusion comes in all shapes and sizes. And we're often thinking about the great big gnarly things that we have to do in business. But some of it is, yeah, we Australians, we, we have a lot of lingo, right? You know, we say some things. And, and I know when I when I work in America, I have to really think about my language because some of the stuff just doesn't tra translate, including 
making jokes about thongs, which of course is what we wear on our feet here, but it's not what they wear in America or they wear thongs in a different way. So, you know, we've got all sorts of different things that we can do. But I love yeah. the fact that that your colleague said, hey, here's some slang or here are the words or, you know, the slam words, whatever it may be. But also that the people who may notice your talent, and, and I'm going to come back to that will, you had the will and the skill and they looked beyond what might be for a little period of time a barrier around language or accent or what have you. And you and I talked about the fact that, you know, you, you, have, you have three, four languages um you you know you're 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 multilingual and you know I I know when when we have people who are from who are migrants or from different cultural backgrounds and they seem to be eyed in a meeting or whatever understand that they're processing the language a number of times before they give an answer so you know yeah, they're translating in their, their brain before they actually give you a response in English. So don't think that they're not paying attention. Don't think that they're not engaged. They're, they're quite literally getting their brain to, to translate through their, you know, their first language to their second, third or fourth language in, in, in your case, Rage. So inclusion is, is a whole bunch of different things. Give people a chance to look and sound different. Um, help them know the way we do things around here, whether it's language, whether it's funny little customs and things like that. So I, I really like those examples of, of how people have overtly included you and seen your potential rather than seeing the difference and seeing it as a barrier. It's awesome. What about you, Elliot? Yeah, look, um, again, as we're talking, I'm, um, I'm thinking that actually in my own house, I've got a bit of a diversity issue, you know, so there's my husband and my two boys, and then there's me, the female, but we do have a female cat, which sometimes helps, you know, but um, I I always sort of, I feel a, a high responsibility to talk about diversity at home. Hugo Seven is very much into his cliche of, you know, boys are strong and girls are like, compassionate and sort of have loads of feelings and um you know but then in the same sentence he would sort of say you know but money feeds all of australia with the sausages that's great you know so so it's i can see it every day that it's important and actually um what sort of sam was talking about and and i think we we can it's referred to as like a, a positive discrimination when we're sort of like talking about gender diversity i i hear those concerns and I was talking about this with a colleague actually last night, but I sometimes feel we might be in that time where we just need that little push, you know, to, to again, we were talking about how women just perhaps will not apply for the job because they're missing, you know, 5% of what the applic- what the, the, the job description is. So the more we sort of like help women or, or you know, people from um, different backgrounds to sort of, you know, get there and sort of, you know, um, get to the job that they want to. I think it's important and I think we, we are in the moment where the, this needs to happen. Um, and it can be for any gender really, you know, um, again, I sort of like put it back to my to my sort of day-to-day life, but I was super proud was my little boy was asked to be the class captain, you know, because he was a good role model. And uh, he said, no, and I was, I really, I'm trying to encourage him and I'll let you know whether it will ever happen or not in the year. But it just made me sort of like realize that we were complex and it is important to be encouraged and, and sort of get that sort of positive discrimination. But I think for me to sort of bring it back to, what companies can do, I was talking to my colleague yesterday and I was talking about lip service. And I think you need to be 
really appealing, actually, and truly live and breathe what you're sort of preaching. So it's one thing to sort of say that we want to, you know, um, increase our gender balance or increase um, the amount of, you know, sort of um, Aboriginal and First Nation uh, worker within the company, but you kind of have to actually do it. You know, and things like participating in a panel like like such today, that is actually doing it, you know. And uh, that's what really, to me, makes the difference. We need to be able to get people to really want to work for a company because they will then be passionate, you know, and then we'll all then get the best of that little sort of, you know, mixed cultural pot that we would have curated. Um, Yeah, that's it. Mm. Oh, so much there so number one equity starts at home and again coming back to that you know we are role models and for those of us who are parents uh never underestimate how much your 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 small humans or mine now very big humans how much those little humans are looking at you to see you and and whoever the other parent is to say you know how do we do life here so you know that that equity and that uh you know, inclusive behaviour, uh, being role models so that starts at home. And I agree. So positive discrimination means that we're actively removing barriers for people who, you know, who cannot move into the organisation or that their upward mobility is prevented by it. It might be because, hey, we see we see difference rather than see potential. Oh, okay, so Ray just got an accent. I'm not going to employ her because that'll just be tough. No, 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 I can see that this is a highly qualified, credentialed woman um, and, wow, what a contribution she can make to our organisation. Let's get her in and help her and say, hey, what might be going on for you that we can help you with? Same with you, Elliot, your organisation saying, we're not just going to give lip service to this, we're really going to dig in deep and start saying, what do we need to do to both assemble teams that are representative of our customers um, and the communities that we serve but how do we make sure that those people can bring everything you know I know that not everyone comes to work and and you know wants to live for work and all that kind of stuff but the reality is that um, you know we do also need to provide people the opportunity to say this is what I think this is how I think we can better be better and this is what I need to help me contribute to the organisation in a way that that really works. So lots and lots of uh, calls to action there, folks. Hey, um, I'm conscious that we're, as always, you know, you, you think, oh, an hour, that, that, that's a long time to talk, but we are, we're nearly at an hour and we're, we're, we're running out of time. But one final quick call to action. Now, each one of you have got a myriad of, of, of advice. And folks on the call, please connect with these wonderful women on LinkedIn, learn from them, um, you know, connect. Networking is working. So, you know, for those of you who've showed up today, good on you. Um, but do connect with them so you can learn more. But I'm always conscious of asking women what other women should do because, you know, the burden of inclusion is so often placed on the excluded. So for the women in the meat industry and the women from underrepresented and marginalised groups, what's your advice to them about what action they can take to position themselves for their potential to be to be noticed? Rage, over to you. Uh, 
to be honest with me, when I first started my career, I really don't have any, like, I want to be a CFO. You know, I don't have that, like, goal to be a CFO. What I did in everyday life is just write worth ethics and it delivered what the deliverables and just being me as a, you know, pleasant person to work with and always try to, you know, like, over, over deliver what is being asked for me. And that's all, everything that sorts out for you, you know, like, things would come through and I'm not even putting my head out. You know, the, the management would say, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? So those things I feel like, you know, I'm not really putting so much goal in it, but I'm just doing every step, like one step at a time and not focusing much on the results. It's process, just focusing on the process, how I do my work day, yeah. day to day. And that is enough for me to get to where I am today. I love it. And for those of you who might not have read it, you'll know that Atomic Habits by James Clear, it's about the process, it's about the habits, it's about the, the things that enable. And, you know, and from my perspective, having someone like you, Rage, in my business who says, I'm going to make sure I know my job inside and out and I'm going to deliver on my on my deliverables bang on. And, and that's, that's great advice. Elliot, what about you? What's your advice for, for those women? Uh, from from those underrepresented groups, what can they do? Yeah, I think it's probably ideally provide them with a platform. So that's that's what happened to me, I guess. Today, you know, we've got a fantastic leader in our team named Hyatt, and she said to me, "Hey, do you want to do this?" She gave me that platform, and I think you know I, I would want to then be able to do that to someone else. Um, it is it's probably that, and then again going back to sort of like you know that role model, and then making sure that maybe you just pay those little compliments. As you think them um, and sort of, yeah, probably those three things is, is what I would say um, is what I want to embed. I love it. So I, I think if I, if I'm, uh, if you permit me to, to paraphrase, A, as a leader, give those women an opportunity. But if you are one of those women that's given an opportunity, say yes and figure it out later. So that, yeah, say yes, uh, because the opportunity will, will, will pay dividends. Great. Great mindset to have. Thanks, Elliot. Surma, what about you? What's your advice? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's very similar to what Elliot just said. Um, it's certainly about backing yourself. Uh, it is about putting putting your hand up whenever opportunities uh, come and figuring it out. Um, and it's I think it's also about just being the best self that you can be, being authentic in who you are. And doing your best job, I guess. Uh, and if you do that, um, people will notice and they will provide those platforms for for uh, for you to, to step up or, um, you know, to, to develop. Uh, but it's not easy um, and it is a lot of hard work, so you've got to be invested. You know, you can't. Mm -hmm. You've got to do the work. And I'm thinking about... Um, a workshop that I went to some time ago and, and two quotes that came out of that workshop that have sat with me for a long time. And one of them is, sometimes you just have to hunker down, squat and press on. And the other one is, if it is to be, it is up to you. Up or to it me. is up to yeah. me. Yeah. 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 So I think those two two statements go hand in hand. It's not easy. But if you really want it, it is within your own hands to, to grab it and to run with it. And you'll find support Fantastic. along the way because people will notice and will want to be helpful and supportive. 
Brilliant. I uh, Yes, I do. That is one of also one of my many favourite sayings, if it's to be, it's up to me. And, and certainly if you've got an environment, a, a workplace that, that is actively and overtly uh, inclusive, they, they will be looking for those women who are saying, I'm doing my job well, I'm putting my hand up and saying yes, um, and I am also uh, persevering. Folks, uh, we have heard today from Raj, Elliot and Surma a, a, a whole bunch of wisdom, how to, you know, really back yourself in how, and as leaders, how to create safe spaces for people, um, but particularly women from backgrounds uh, that are different from our own. Uh, we've also heard the women about the women we need to thank and I'd please go and thank a woman today, everyone. There'll be, you know, whether it's a parent, whether it's a partner, whether it's a, a, a child, whether it's a colleague, please thank a woman today. Uh, take Elliot's uh, call to action, give more compliments. We've heard about the, the shoulders of the giants um, that we, we, we stand, have stood on and continue to stand with in, in terms of our cheer squad, you know, surrounding yourself with the right people to help you progress your career. Um, We've also heard that inclusion comes in all different shapes and sizes. And to be truly inclusive means looking at uh, looking at people's potential rather than what makes it different for us. And you know, I think that's the that that's my call to action is let's look at potential and let's let's say who who might this person be and how might she contribute to me, our team our business and society and look and let's foster that and remove the barriers for her. Folks, we will come back to you with your 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 many questions, which I know some of you have posted. But um, today I want to thank you on International Women's Day 2023. I want to thank Raj, Zerma, Elliot for your time. Of course, we we often ask women to contribute um, in the in these situations but I, and I'm conscious that you've given up your time your effort your emotional labor for, for us today and I totally thank you um, for that today for everyone who showed up today thank you so much uh, it means a lot and you've got plenty of calls for action from today but for now uh, from meet business women to you happy International Women's Day Let's make sure we celebrate women today, but also recognise how far we still have to go. Thanks, folks, and have a great day. Meet Business Women is the global professional network for women working across the meat industry. Our mission is to connect women working in every role, driving positive change and providing a support network like no other. Visit meetbusinesswomen.org to find out more.